0: well, maybe there's a way for me to kind of do both. Maybe there's a way for me to give myself a break and also not let anybody else down. And that I think Mm. is the recipe for disaster, burnout, all the things that you talked about when you were introducing the episode.
1: Hello and welcome
2: to The Fizzle Show! Wow, that was really hard to do. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to talk for the next hour.
1: This is The Fizzle Show, where every week we talk about things that are essential and interesting to indie entrepreneurs, okay? People who are earning a living doing something that they care about. It's amazing that you can create life on your own terms, but it isn't easy. You don't get this delivered to you on a silver platter. You got to work for it. That means focus. That means vision. That means execution. All the things that are hard to do. That's what we get into. That's what we're about here at Fizzle. If you're new to the Fizzle show, I want to say welcome. We've got a toolkit for you. When you go to fizzle.co slash toolkit, we've got several guides and the 10 essential, essential podcast episodes of this show that you can't miss. You can get that all as a gift for just being a listener to the show when you go to fizzle.co slash toolkit. Thanks for joining us. I'm here in the studio, the fizzle headquarters with Corbett Barr. Say hi, Corbett. Hey, everybody. And in Chicago, no, not in Chicago, in Louisville, Am I getting that right?
0: That's right. Well, it depends on who you ask.
1: Where are you, Steph? Hold on. Tell me how to pronounce where you are A- right hey, now. Hey,
0: I'm still learning. The natives call it Louisville.
1: Louisville? Louisville. Louisville. Louisville?
0: I call it Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky. Here I am. L-
1: Louisville, Kentucky. And Steph, are you there to stay?
0: I am here to stay, guys. Well, right now I'm recording from my parents' house. I moved in with my parents, with my baby. So that's super fun for the next few weeks. But John Mm -hmm. and I just bought a new house here and and we're, we're here for the long haul in the bluegrass state. Super excited.
1: Man, Incredible. First of all, your dad, a big fan of Pat Matheny, Huge. which means Chase Reeves is a big fan of your dad. It also means there's like three people on the show
2: who know what you're talking about. Oh, and those people are really excited right now.
1: And those people are my people. <laughs> Me too. To be frank. Okay, so on the show today, we've got an awesome. Well, first of all, Steph, you know, Steph, this is a big move for you, and we're going to talk a little bit about this yep. today in the show. That's true. We're going to talk about. Why powering through, why just power through is terrible advice, okay? Mm -hmm. We all get into these situations where there's too much on our plate, where uh, I think, you you know, you normally notice these things in hindsight. Like, looking back, you're kind of like, I don't know, your, your eyebrows are a little singed. You walk with a little bit of a limp and you look back on your calorie and go like, how on earth, why did I take all that on at the same time? Like, why didn't somebody warn me? Why didn't I notice it myself? Yeah. This well, well
2: that's if you're lucky enough to have that ability at that point yeah if you're not just like sunk in a couch somewhere yep wondering what the hell happened
1: yeah or just for like actively trying not to think about what happened yeah. because you're like i gave up on the whole thing totally. that's what's at stake here what's at stake here is you take on too much you get defeated you fail right and then you become a failure you make yourself a failure You give up on your thing. That's what's at stake here. Just powering through when you have a lot of stuff on your plate is a horrible strategy because (laughs) it can cost you your whole goal, your whole, I, I guess, your perspective, your thoughts, your sense of the ability to be an entrepreneur. Because we're talking specifically about entrepreneurs here. Let's just focus it in. We all have, like, everybody has goals and things like that. Like, I wanted this, that. But you want to start a business that actually pays for yourself, pays for your family, allows you to live with some freedom, flexibility, gives you financial security and stuff like that. Well, in order to do that, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And as we'll get into later, there's more work that needs to be done than you'll ever be able to do. Mm -hmm. Right? This is one of the sort of laws of entrepreneurship. But in, in, you know, in a slew of Gary Vaynerchuk Facebook videos and Instagram posts and, you know, podcasts and, and not just Gary, but, but loads of other people, a lot of us feel like and think we really think we need to be everywhere doing everything all the time right, in order to be successful, but this is a, you know what it's making, this is a recipe for burnout, this is a recipe for failure in some ways, what in fact you really need to be doing is focusing on what actually matters for you and your business, what you can actually complete and what can actually make the difference, it's working smarter, not harder, right?
2: Yeah, and, and realizing that success, whatever that is, or just life in general, Yeah is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. Yep. Mm.
1: Love these metaphors. Can't get enough of them. Could we have a boating one we can throw in here? I mean, the rising tide will lift all boats. <laughs> 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 Perfect job, Corbett Barr. All right, so where I want to jump into today, first of all, is, is to, like, Steph, let's start with just the feeling. We're going to go in a, in a minute, we're going to go into how we got to where we are. But tell me about, you mentioned before we started recording that it's like, whoa, I can't believe what I just made it through. Mm-hmm. I realize now I've taken on too much or I took on too much and I just barely made it through by the hair of my teeth. Hair of my teeth. I, I don't understand this saying. These uh, these American sayings are very strange. I
2: think it might have been skin of your teeth. Yeah, whatever. Or hair I, of your chin. Hair of your chin. Either way, honestly, yeah.
1: I could take it or leave it. So <laughs> boy, The point being... Tell me about the feeling, like where are you right now in like how does it feel?
0: yeah, so like I said, as I sit here in my guest room suite in my parents' house, I'm sort of still in the like in the middle of this major transition. um, so I feel lucky enough that I'm kind of have caught myself and' and I'm doing some course correcting because this could have been a heck of a lot worse for me, which is why I wanted to sort of pause and and really talk about this and dig into what I've learned because I definitely think I did some things. I, wrong, I could use the word wrong, or, or I just could have handled it better or been a little bit more self aware earlier in terms of how to, I don't know, how to anticipate how major life stuff affects you. So the feeling mm. for me was, you know, just to kind of like let everyone in behind the curtain, this move involved buying a home, selling a home while having a toddler, which for anyone out there who's ever had to sell a house. show a house with a toddler. It is horrible. It is so hard. On top Mm. of that, lost my grandfather, lost my childcare, like just a crazy whirlwind of stuff, doing a lot of different traveling, had the opportunity to speak at an awesome conference in Knoxville, Tennessee, which was amazing. But, you know, just kind of another thing that I had to account for. And the feeling was, okay, this is a lot of stuff, but... I'm not dying. I have all my limbs attached to me. There's coffee in the coffee pot. I can I can do this. You know, I can get this done. I can power through this. I can sort of make. And I think what was in my head too is like, well, maybe I can take it easy on myself and kind of maybe I can kind of maintain like the illusion to like my mm. people who are listening to the podcast or people in Fizzle or whoever. Maybe I can kind of like like seem like everything's okay. But, you know, in reality, that's not the case at all. So there's definitely this feeling of, I don't, do I need to take a break? Yeah, like it'd be nice, but you know, I don't need to. So that I think this is the first thing. And then the second thing is, well, maybe there's a way for me to kind of do both. Maybe there's a way for me to give myself a break and also not let anybody else down. And that I think Mm. is the recipe for disaster, burnout, all the things that you talked about uh, when you were introducing the episode.
1: Hold on. Let's stop there for a second. Say that again. This Talk more about this. Uh, maybe there's a way for me to do
2: both.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> that was my thought. <laughs> I was like, so. And looking back, it's like, why would anybody think that? But when you're in it, I think you're, the, the analogy that I have used that comes to mind for me, I heard this before and it really stuck with me, is think, think of a duck. When you observe a duck on the surface of a pond, the duck seems so peaceful. The duck is like gliding along. If you were to look though below the surface, the duck's legs are paddling like crazy, frantically almost to, to pedal through the pond. And in a way, I think like that is how I see myself coming out of this season is you know, trying to act as though everything is fine and stay on my publishing schedule and keep motivating people because that's kind of my role is to pick other people up and be that cheerleader when underneath the surface, it's effing chaos over here. So that I think is is really the, the premise of how it feels. is sort of like, well, I have these feelings about what life is like for me right now, but I really would prefer for everyone else to think that it's business as usual. And Hmm. so that negotiating that with yourself and saying, well, maybe there's a way for me to take care of myself and still maintain this image that everything's fine. That I think is where the breakdown, uh, if you don't catch yourself, that's where really where the breakdown can come in.
1: Yikes. Okay. This I love because... Um, now, to give, to give people a little bit more of a background here, you already mentioned it, just the, the facts of the matter are, you are moving from Chicago, first of all, I mean, give us set us up a little bit on why the move to Chicago, this is kind of exciting. It is, it is exciting. From, it, from Chicago. I mean, sorry, from Chicago yeah. to... <laughs> so, Nailed it. So
0: yeah, this is like, you know, a, I don't know, just like this braid of emotion. My life has been like a glass case of emotion this past year. There's just been so much and so much is positive. The birth of my daughter, a lot of like, you know, amazing things happening on the business side for us at Fizzle, as well as launching my own podcast over at Courage and Clarity. Really exciting stuff, as well as really, really heavy stuff. People who listen probably know that I lost my little brother who was 24 years old about a year ago and wanted to be closer to family. That's where this came from. So we talk a lot about values and lifestyle. And I always kind of had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to raise kids close to family. This is kind of some of the values I was raised with. And then when this tragedy struck my family, it just became very evident that this is what I wanted to do. Also add in the fact that if you've ever been through winter in Chicago, plus the, uh, cost of living there it was kind of a no-brainer to make the move to a more uh, affordable area with better weather all that good stuff so mm. that was kind of some of the stuff leading up to the move so yeah there's a lot of emotion a lot of highs and lows and i think i'm glad you asked about that because that is one thing i've also observed now that i'm now that things are calming down for me is what I didn't account for was the mental load or like the emotion. I've I've been telling people like the emotional side is really what I underestimated. Absolutely. Thinking to myself, looking at my task list, looking at what I do week in and week out and thinking, okay, well, there's probably a way for me to get this done. Like I can make it work. But what I didn't account for was the mental load of, all of the stuff going on in my personal life, keeping track of every teeny tiny detail, and then trying to maintain the facade that everything's great. I mean, that is just like, it was just like booby trapped from the beginning. So I think that was a big piece is not accounting in in business, in, in our lives. These things are going to happen. Life will happen, loss will happen. But if you don't give yourself that space to let the emotion be what it is, that I think is where I, that is what I plan to change. Uh, in the future for myself.
1: Mm, Okay, so hold on. This idea of emotional load. I just read a fascinating article about this called Women Aren't Nags. We're just fed up. Did you see that? Did you read that article? I loved
0: it. I loved it. It
1: was uh, like my wife sent me that like in the text. She's like, "Please read this. Please." (laughs) It's spot on. (laughs) Please read this. On the the title's terrible. Women aren't nags. We're just fed up. I mean, I guess it's it's more accessible. That'll get your attention though. Yeah. Then the 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 whole the sense is like emotional labor is the unpaid job men still don't understand, and it's the sense that. Men are react, like in, in, you know, in same, or it's not same-sex marriage. Maybe they're, maybe in same-sex partners as well. There's, there's one in every one. Who knows? But, uh, the, typically gendered roles are like, like I saw someone make a comic about this where it's like guest comes over, the man, Greets the guest, pours her a glass of wine. They sit on the couch while the mom finishes feeding the baby. You know uh-huh. what I mean? We've all seen this. We, sure. She also has like a pot, or
2: finish making the meal. Uh, or, she has yeah. a pot
1: on of, of like lasagna or something like that. Or, right. or, or I know you don't make lasagna in pots, but just go with it for a second. That was a slip up. It happens
2: all the time. <laughs> you know a lot about making. Meals, I know a clearly. lot about making
1: meals. So what she did is she microwaved the beef. Like, a and I'm just kidding. So the idea is she was doing all this stuff, and then something happens, and then the guy like something like the pasta overflows or something. something. Something like that, right? And then the man stands up kinda angry, go like why didn't you ask for help? right it's this idea of like why didn't you ask for help right and this comic artist was saying like this is the problem (laughs) that we're the women are expected to be the managers of all the things which is fine except for they're also expected to do the work of all the things which Mm -hmm. in a professional environment the managers don't do any of the work of the things their job is to maintain this the like the the, like equilibrium of all the things that need to be done and hiring out all the all the roles for that stuff right anyways this article I'll put into the show notes women aren't natural were just fed up i think it's absolutely mandatory reading for every partner of a woman out there <laughs> i guess i don't know how else to say it uh, but it, it was it's fascinating really good read but it speaks to this idea they use the term emotional labor and stuff it, it plays right into right into line with what you're talking about this sense of of keep of like there's all these little details you have to keep You have to, and you're very detail oriented, very organized, but you got to keep one person in the relationship or or if we're running a business or we're starting a business ourselves, we have to do all, we have to keep all these details in order. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you said one of the things you just didn't account for was the cost of that emotional, uh, what, what's the word you use? Emotional mental load. Emotional
0: load. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So that to me is, is, uh, Something that all of us forget to account for. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so if you can, if you can rewind just a little bit and, and in just a few minutes, just tell me, like, how would you have told Steph before this past few weeks about this emotional load that was coming your way? You know, it's
0: interesting because, again, I'm really grateful that I feel like I was able to catch it because I'm not through this yet. You know, my moving truck hasn't even gotten here yet. And so I still have, I'm still like, to Corbett's analogy, if it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. I'm like still in the race. So I am able to see this and now make a few adjustments. For example, planning to take a little bit of time when my truck gets here to unpack and allow myself to sink into this new chapter of my life. So I'm grateful for that. But I think the 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 way that I was able to, looking for the red flags, noticing shifts in my emotional state that were not typical for me. So for example, through all this stuff, but I didn't even mention yet, all the other things that I already talked about in the middle of all this, my grandfather just passed away. And uh, yeah. that was just two months after my grandmother. So there's been three like huge losses for my family. And I mm. remember I, I mentioned this because when, when I got the news about my grandfather, I had a very unusual reaction. My reaction was, oh my God, that can't happen. Like, I can't go to that. I can't do that because I got all Whoa. this stuff going on over here. And that was so unusual for me. And I like almost like slapped myself across the face and, and was like, okay, for somebody who values family and relationships over just about everything else, how can that be my reaction? Where it was like about me, my stuff, my like that's how tunnel vision I was in terms of like trying to just grit my teeth. Like I couldn't take one more thing. And that was when I realized Mm. how backwards this was, which is like, hold on a second. I If I don't have enough space in my life right now to honor something as huge as this and really let myself you know have my typical reaction which would be like oh my god i'm i'm heartbroken of course i'll be there my thought was like i can't go to this i, I did go and i'm really glad i went my family is originally from upstate new york so it's a haul you know it's a it's a, it's a trip it's a it's a whole logistical thing that was yeah. enough to break me and that's when i realized yeah. this is just not this is just not the way that i'm usually wired so mm. your question was how, what would i have told myself i think i would have told myself that you can't possibly Uh, you can't possibly account for how you're going to react to these situations. I think I was looking at all of the facts. I was looking at all of the tasks. I was looking at the details and I was saying, okay, it's probably possible for me to, you know, get this done. Maybe some evenings, some weekends, I'll power through. It'll be a tough few weeks, but you know, I'll give myself a pep talk and I'll get through it. That was exactly what I told myself. So looking back, I did not say to myself, you know, you've lived in Chicago for seven years, which is the longest you've ever lived anywhere. You might have like some emotional stuff to go through with this. It might be a lot of transition. There might be some baggage and mental stuff that you need to allow yourself to really sink into. And I think the thing that would have taken me over the edge to realizing this was around the time that all this stuff was happening and I'm on a plane to my grandfather's funeral, I started to realize that I was making little mistakes that I don't make. I don't make a Mm. lot of mistakes. I don't, you know, miss stuff. But I was starting to let little things slip through the cracks. So, I think if I were able to tell myself, "Hey, if you can, you know, find a way to hit pause for even just a handful of days to really allow yourself to sink into some of this mental stuff, it will make you better, more productive." I think I would have needed to know sort of like the value proposition because when I was thinking, "I don't need a break," I didn't see the value of taking a break except For me, saying I'm weak, I need a break. So instead, Mm. if I had known that, you know, taking a little time to like hit pause and let myself just go through this and just be in this space, if I had known that that would have made me better, I think I would have stopped and listened to that um, Mm. instead of just powering through.
1: That's great. That's that's a great idea. I love that. Okay, so in in just in just a bit here, by the end of the show, we're going to get into uh, some tips on. Like like scheduling in structured breaks, but before we get into there, uh, Corbett, what are you hearing in this whole thing? Like, what does this make you think of you? You have lived a lot of different lives at this point like high power uh, you know uh consultant business guy traveling or doing venture backed startup that blows up you go into to sabbatical mode realize there's a way to live sort of on your own terms you start creating your own blogs that becomes successful over time we start fizzle together all of this there's obviously times in our pasts where we've had too much on the plate and we've done too much in a lot of ways, like you know, you le- like for me, I feel like I learn, like I, I've I've learned a lot of those lessons at this point, and and I'm getting better at not making those same mistakes, though they still happen. But when you think about this idea of of the danger of just powering through it, as Steph's talking about, I don't know what comes up for you.
2: It makes me wonder if the times where I did burn out on something mm-hmm. and completely just abandoned it, moved yeah. on, yeah if it wasn't because I powered through and didn't give myself the space that I needed at the time.
1: Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, thinking,
2: thinking back on the times when I made a dramatic career shift that, that often happened or that often coincided with some kind of blow up. Yeah. You know, like take this job and shove it kind of blow up. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if those didn't happen because, you know, or if, or if they wouldn't have happened if I had been able to take a few weeks and tend to myself and the emotional needs and whatever else that I needed at the time, physical, emotional, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but it also makes me think what we're talking about sounds a little bit like a luxury for a lot of people who are working in high-pressure jobs, Yeah. or uh, maybe you're running your own small business and you don't have any help. And maybe there are situations where you don't have that luxury of, uh, hitting the pause button. You yeah, know? Yeah. And so I, I guess I'm wondering like, what what could I have done back then um to prevent blow ups, but in some cases I also wonder if the blowup wasn't necessary or if I'm not better off having lost yeah. those those things because they were just too high pressure for me
1: anyway. Well this is this, so this brings up two things for me. First of all, what you just said, like these like oftentimes blowouts and burnouts are, are some of the best things that can happen to us. Obviously, it feels like a nightmare when it's happening. It's yeah. like, what am I going to do? Completely stressed out, completely afraid, completely in fight or flight survival mode, right? Absolutely uncreative. <laughs> Absolutely not flowing with the good vibes of life, no. right? But those are like these jackhammer moments that, or crowbar moments that just pop us right open and into some other trajectory, right? Thinking about your, uh, your venture back startup where the partnership there went awry. Mm-hmm. Like, and you just, you had to leave, right? You decided that, that like, this is the best thing for Corbett to, to do. Right. Yeah. And so you said, Corbett has to leave. Like, we're just going to go do our own. We're going to go figure something else out. Yeah. That led you on a completely different path.
2: Right. Right. Um, and frankly, at the time I couldn't have just taken three weeks off. I mean, you know, there are external factors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you don't tend to those, then you're going to lose the opportunity anyway. So yeah. you're kind of screwed either way.
1: Yeah. So these external factors. Yeah. This is my second point. I think what I've noticed in myself, tell me if you guys vibe with this at all. What I am most sensitive to is the expectations of others. Yeah. It's, and Steph, you mentioned this right on the head when you're like, maybe I can do both. Yes. Number one, not let people down. (laughs) Yep. And number two, have a little mommy time or like, or like, like get real, get relaxed a little bit. Right. This not letting people down thing, this fear of letting people down for me, I've like just noticed that that is like the shadow monster for me. That's like the smoke monster in Lost mm. that just keeps popping up inexplicably. Corbett, did you watch Lost? No. <laughs> you son of a... I mean, uh, Steph, did you watch Lost? No. Oh my god! There's polar bears <laughs> on the island! <laughs> where did they come from? Uh, listen, I don't know where listen, you guys were. They were the, just in purgatory. In the fine. late 2000s. Was that when it was? The late, I don't know. T- the late 2010s or um, But, there's, the, the, there's this, this, this shame of letting people down for me, and I think I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think for all of us, this is like under the surface and it's a thing we don't know how to talk about or we don't, we don't real, really realize is at work within us. But that's the thing that for me is one of the most toxic. It's also where I get all my energy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Almost yeah. all of my energy. So it's this really like motivating thing. And so we all want to get the gold star by our name and, or some, or some version of that. Right. Some of us are like, you know, I I always picture Steph being, being in class and being like the, the achiever. Lady. You know what I mean? I I imagine Steph having more more gold stars on her name than me. But (laughs) I imagine I'm trying to get gold stars from somebody else. Like from the cool guy that's two grades higher than me. Mm. Or some you know what I mean? Like we're all we're all trying to impress somebody somewhere. So, anyways, the point I'm making here is when we allow that external expectation to control our lives too much. That's when we start getting off course and out of alignment with ourselves. And that's when things are like, oh, no, why did I make that? I can't even believe I even thought of making that decision, Steph. The, like, I really, really honor the fact that you shared your first thoughts when you heard your grandfather passed away, right? And mm-hmm. you shared, like, the, this thing that you must be horrified that, like, you thought this about, yes. you know, you're, you know, yeah. you're, like, horrified. I'm so glad that you shared that because I think a lot of us have had moments like that. Where we realized how kind of like, I don't know, how how heartless we can be at times. But it's because we're literally motivated. Uh, What's motivating us is something completely different than our hearts, I guess. And the
0: crazy thing is that the really like just wild thing is that most of us got into this whole entrepreneurial thing because we wanted more freedom or because we wanted to be able to better honor our values. And yet, if we're not careful, if we're not strategic about this stuff, you can wind up feeling even more on a treadmill than you were maybe in your corporate job that you could just kind of blow off if you didn't care that much about it. Mm. So that's Mm. kind of the price of caring sometimes. It's like you got into this because you wanted to be able to honor your family values or your travel values or whatever that is. So then when you find, that's what woke me up in this is like, find, When I found myself so far away from that, I had to be like, hang on a second. I've, I've lost my true North. Like I've, yeah. you know, I've, I got myself turned around and that's really what made me see that is like, oh, hold on a second. Like this is the, this is supposed to be the thing about me that I always know no matter what. And that's, that's what I think is so interesting about the, this whole problem when you're an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and by the way, as a as a as a weirdo, you know, spiritual seeker guy, I'd go like, "What do you mean? Like, how do you know that that's your true north?" By the way, (laughs) like, is it just because you like said that to yourself a bunch of times, or a bunch of people said that about you, right? Because I'm imagining when you're saying the true north, you're talking about family and relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just I just have to have to speak out loud first because I'm an idiot. That uh, I mean, how how do you know that for sure? How do you? Because I don't feel like I know that for sure yet. Anyways. We don't have to get into that. That's, <laughs> that's another <podcast>. episode. <laughs> that's a different podcast. That's a different, fi- as a different whole, as a different medium. Okay. That is, that is a novel. All right. So, um, another thing you mentioned here, Steph, before we started recording, was the sense that it was like you see this sort of thing happening mm. in other people so yes. easily. And you just didn't see it at all happening in, in you until like until after the fact. Talk about that for a second.
0: Yeah. You know, have you ever heard this before? Or maybe you guys have even felt this. Like you try, you go to, like somebody tells you about like their relationship problems or their financial problems and you just see it so clearly. You're like, well, duh, you should do this. It's so obvious. And for whatever reason, when it's us, you just don't see it the same way. I, yeah. I can think of a bunch of examples of this. And I think part of it has to do with, you know, I was on a Fizzle Friday call just Few days ago, with one of our members who we all love. And she was talking about how she has gained a lot of traction. Uh, Recently, You know, she's been at it for a few years. And, you know, I think she always pictured herself actually earning a living from this stuff and it's finally happening. And in her head, she had always thought, well, when I get there, it'll all be like the downhill slope. But what she's finding is that there's actually more pressure now than ever before because there's like this rising stakes uh, effect where it's like, okay, well, now that I'm doing well, I can't miss a step. And that I think is uh, is the mentality that I recognize in a lot of other people. And I wasn't able to see it in myself, but it was totally there, which is that sometimes when you get traction, when you start to pick up followers, when people are listening to your podcast or buying your thing, that is the moment where you're almost most at risk for some of this stuff because you start thinking, okay, well, I can't mess up now. And I think that Mm. that type of thinking has to really be balanced with what corbett was talking about which is like okay you know i can't go taking three weeks off so there's to me like there's got to be something in the middle where it's like you can't no, you can't go taking off some indefinite amount of time you can't ghost on your business and lose all your progress but you also can't be expected to just let the stakes keep mounting and mounting and mounting over and over again so that's Mm. what i've noticed in some other people as well as like even just little stuff talking to people who will be like you know I'm really sick. My kid got the flu and brought it home from school, but I'm okay. I'm going to keep my client calls today. And you see things like that. And the thought that always goes through my mind is like, man, if you just allow yourself to just, you know, take a sick day, if you're actually sick, or if you're just not quite right, finding a way to to, to live in that. The crazy thing is, and I'm still personally, like as we record this, I'm still trying to get my mind around this because it's so counterintuitive to everything I've ever been taught, but I am finding it to be true that in those moments when you're just out of whack, if you can find a way to give yourself a break in a structured way, which I know we're going to talk about you, there is a really good chance you are going to come back two times stronger than if you had just limped along. So it can actually be Mm. the more productive thing to do to actually, just honor that. And that kind of blows my mind, but so far I've experimented with it and it's it's totally it's totally proven to be true for me.
1: Oh man, I love this. I think this point that you've made about as we start to make traction traction in our businesses, this the stakes actually get higher. Yeah. Right? I think this is so important. Everyone needs to hear this. I'm so glad you called that out because it's true. It's once like it's one. It's one thing when you're like in your journal and you're making your website on Squarespace and nobody's really been to it yet. You've got ten podcast episodes that you're putting together and you haven't launched it yet. It's this whole other thing when you're six months in and you know however many you know fifteen twenty podcast episodes in, then and you've got you know three hundred listeners occasionally to it to an episode. Right, that's when it's like you'll notice there's this external pressure not to slack, yeah, right? Not to slack off. And like, Steph, I just think it was so inspired what you said, this idea of like, sure, you can't go take an indefinite amount of time off, right? You can't just go, I'm going to go take all my time off and I don't know when I'm coming back. You can't just go ghost on your business. But you also can't expect to survive letting the stakes keep getting higher and higher and higher indefinitely, Mm -hmm. right? Both of these are impossible, so you have to find this middle way where you create a kind of structured balance in your life.
2: If you don't feel it now, you're not going to feel it then.
1: If you don't feel it now, you're not going to feel it then. Corbett Barr mentioning my convert kit talk, one of the ones I'm most proud of. Thank you very much, Corbett Barr. Or in the words of the great Biggie, mo' money, mo' problems. Mo' money, mo' problems. A <laughs> little bit of a different message, but the spirit is the same. <laughs> so, um, okay, so guys, I want to get into these three steps that I identified. Steph, you shoot me down or sh- make any changes as I as I put these forward and let's talk about them because I think for anybody listening to this, we are all in danger of getting into a point where we put too much on our plate, right? Where we try to, quote, just power through it and we can end up totally fizzling out completely or setting ourselves back, you know, where, where I normally end up, where I think I, I've heard a lot of fizzlers have... This situation where there's too much going on, there's too much external pressure, we don't know it. We're like, just put a smile on and grin. Cause you know what? When we're on Fizzle Friday calls and you're like, I feel really good about it. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna work on the website. Okay, so make sure you do that. And cause the website, remember, the point of the website is this other stuff over here, or we're gonna let's get your email going. Um, and they're just like, yeah, I feel really good. And they get a little bump, right? And then, like, we don't know, we can't tell, right? We can't tell. Only you, Fizzler, can know for sure how your emotional tank is like, is oriented, right? If you're running dangerously low on fuel, which we'll talk about in a second, or if you're like, like really, like I feel good. I feel aligned. I feel like I have energy for this stuff. So, we're going to we eat like when in our Fizzle Friday calls if you're new to the show we we do Fizzle Friday calls with Fizzlers every Fizzle is our membership community of entrepreneurs where we um we have training and community support for indie entrepreneurs earning a living doing something they care about or trying to get to there right and every Friday we do a call with like a like a group coaching call with anybody who can join and we hear what they're working on and stuff like that and we're totally flying blind there. You have questions and it's up to you to know, it really isn't made in a big way, like your self-awareness, it plays a really big, big role in your entrepreneurship journey. That's all I'm kind of getting at. So the first point in here, I've got three points uh, that I think are like teachable points from this. Like how do we keep ourselves safe from putting too much on our plate and just powering through it? And the first one is this, okay? Find your balance. Learn to tell if there is too much on your plate or not. So, Steph, going back, we already talked about this a little bit. Um, but going back, if you could go back and talk to Steph three weeks ago, or maybe even the truth is it would need to be before that, right? Well, not necessarily. Cause the news of grandpa, I mean, like, that's, that's the thing. We get these news like that and it's like blows up your whole, like, Oh my God. That's just like, that wasn't even planning for that. That's going to be this whole, that's whole ordeal. I've got to get to mm-hmm. someplace far upstate New York and stuff like that. So going back there, maybe to the, to the, I guess to the moment that you were, you, you learned that probably is the best place to go. How, I, how do you learn? Like, how do you know when yeah. there's about to be too much on your plate or when it looks like it's getting worrisome or not?
0: You know, what's interesting, I think I could go further back than that because normally if I were in a complete, you know, a a more healthy place mentally to start with, the news of grandpa would have been something I could have taken in stride and said, okay, Mm. I I, I got this. But because I had, like, I couldn't take one more thing, that became the thing that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. So Mm. I think I could have gone back and said, all right, I'm going to be making this transition. It's going to be a hot mess. You know, I'm going to lose my childcare because my nanny's got to move on. There's going to be this... like scary dead space instead of saying, you know, I can figure this out. I can, I don't want to let anybody down. Like we talked about, I can, I can make this work instead of powering through that. I would say, you know what? I'd look at my calendar and say, that's going to suck and that's going to be really hard. And also, I can't predict if it like, what if one more thing goes wrong, (laughs) which in my case it did. So anytime I think that you have something coming up where it's a major transition, a big life change, something where you're concerned about like, man, how am I going to get through that? I think it's wise to look at that and say, how can I build, how can I, if you're someone like me who tends to, I think over, over stack yourself. Like how can I under, you know, put less on my plate than almost to the point where it makes me a little uncomfortable and maybe even consider building in some structured time off during that time in case stuff hits the fan. And I want To be able to sink into that space. So, I think it's looking at those times in your life when you know stuff's gonna get really crazy and building in a few days off, a week off, whatever it needs to be to allow for the unexpected, whether the unexpected is an event, like it was, you know, a tragic event in my case, or that, or it could just be unexpected emotions, things like that. So, anytime you have something like that coming up, I think it's, if I could go back, I would have built in at least a few days off to just kind of like be, just kind of be in that space. And in my Case you know, soak up my last few last few days in Chicago without having to worry about keeping all the balls in the air.
1: Mm, okay, I love this, but here's my challenge with this, right? So, are you honestly telling me an, an indie entrepreneur to just do less, and to plan for less, to make less time than I already have for work?
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and it, this is something I'm I'm playing with, and I'm curious for your guys' thoughts on this as well. But it's been my experience so far with all of this that. I don't think I I don't think I was more productive for having forced myself and pushed myself to to try to keep maintain status quo. Um mm. I don't think, you know, I got to the point where I had to be like what am I doing? And the work I was trying to do was not really from my core where you know the things I create are they resonate most with my people when I'm really in that aligned place. So trying to create work from a place that's like all bent out of shape. No, I don't, I actually don't think that that would have been, I don't think it was worth it. So I'm not saying I would have taken off like weeks at a time or I think that anybody should do that in Indian, indie entrepreneurship. What I am saying though is I think we tend to underestimate the value and the benefit of even just a couple days, even, I'm even talking about like a day to just really allow yourself to step back and really, you know, process what's going on in your life if you've been through a lot of stuff. I don't think it makes you more productive to try to power through it. I think it can actually I think it can actually hurt your progress if you are just kind of trying to stay on that treadmill. It's it's all too easy to lose a step. So what I'm saying is like get off the treadmill for a minute before you fall and smash your face because I think that's what's at risk when you're in this place where we're only human and you have a lot to process.
2: Mm. Or maybe another way to look at it is you can either pay in hours now to give yourself the space that you need to process whatever's going on in your life Mm -hmm. or if you burn out you can pay much more dearly later exactly Mm -hmm. you might need to take a week or two off now or it might cost you a month or two of burnout like if you get to the point where you're actually burned out it can take you a long time. You can yeah. get into a really negative cycle of questioning everything that you're working on. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah totally. Okay, so I, li- I like this a lot. This is, this is great. So the first step here is, is learning to tell when there is too much on your plate or if there's about to be. And Steph's saying, the cost here that you have to keep top of mind, as Corbett is saying as well, is you can pay up front with a little bit of time, or mm-hmm. you can pay down the road with potentially a lot more time. This is called preventative maintenance. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? This is called preventative maintenance. We brush our teeth so that we don't have to have, you know, root canals. Right? Mm-hmm. Or so, you know, it's like, so you can get through life having root canals. You just need a lot of money, to, to be honest. You know, And yeah. any entrepreneurs, I don't know how, how great a dental plan you got, <laughs> but it also is going to lay you out a little bit right so so you can be forced This is what i was saying before you can be forced by your body to take breaks as well like you can have these little tiny breakdowns right where you're like your body doesn't heal where you've got some weird sickness mm-hmm. you know we, we've had we've heard from lots of fizzlers that have had these kinds of problems i myself have had them before your body is like literally it's like a, a it's like a, a scoreboard <laughs> telling you like here's how the game's going buddy (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. here's how the game's going right you can tell with by the wrinkles what inning you're in (laughs) and then if there's stuff that isn't healing if there's stuff that's going on a lot of the times this is a result of stress and stuff that 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 we know now is toxic in our life and yet we're like we're the hustlers we're the entrepreneurs we're the hustlers Mm -hmm. so it's this really hard balance you guys i gotta find that anti-hustle thing we did was that just a podcast episode? Yeah. I think it was just a podcast episode. Yeah, we got a lot of a lot of conversation about that going on, and I haven't heard anything about it since. Probably because yeah. we haven't. I forgot well, you know about the it.
0: crazy the crazy thing too that I wanted to mention that I didn't even bring up until now is the fact that so for me my my way of experimenting with this it's in my experience so far taking the break is never as like scary. And um, I don't know, I think we build it up in our heads in terms of like, I can't take a break. And the, back to the rising stakes, you know, for me producing Courage and Clarity every week, for example, I realized throughout all of this, I had not missed a Monday of producing the show, recording, producing, doing all the editing. I had not taken a week off of that since February. Okay. It's, it's now October. And that's, so that was over six months. And it was not this week, but last week, I guess, got to the point where I had gotten to that point where it's was like, I did, I did have to, like it, it, the way you just put it was so great, which is like, you can pay up front. You got to pay sometime, And I got to that point where I was like, it was a Sunday. I always publish on Mondays. And I, and I looked, I was looking at my situation and I said, you know, I can like go down to my basement right now and like slam an episode in. It's probably not going to be very good, but that's my option. Or I can enjoy literally my last Sunday in Chicago with my husband, my family, and just like just let this be what it is. And I was really scared to do that. I thought, you know, am I going to lose listeners? Are people going to be frustrated? Are you guys going to be mad at me? All these thoughts are going through my head. And I just posted about it on Instagram. That was the most liked and commented post I've ever written. I got more emails than ever because I wrote to my list about it and how I came to the decision. Not only did people totally understand, they were like, yeah, it's like, we'll be here. We love what you're creating. But it also, I think, resonated with people that sometimes like you're human you're human. So I, th- I, say, I bring all that up to say that sometimes I think we build up in our heads what that break is going to look like when in reality, as long as you're doing it in a way that's structured and you have a plan for coming back. Like I had a plan for my next episode and I got right back on my publishing schedule. I am so much better for having done that. And my audience seemed to really like the uh, vulnerability that I was willing to put out there around it as well.
1: Well, I love that. I love that idea of like, I had a plan. I had a publishing schedule to come back to, but I took the break anyways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love that. Okay. So the first, first one is here, learn how to tell if there's about to be too much on your plate and be a little bit fierce about this thing, right? That's what we're saying here. Be a bit fierce about this because you're going to have to pay. You just, you do not do your business or yourself or your audience, any service at all. If you give what isn't growing right that's what our big episode on burnout was about give what grows you will not be serving yourself or your business or your goals or your dreams or your audience and customers if you give in such a way that it leaves you without anything else to give in the future so instead you got to find that balance you're going you're going to have to pay at some point so pay in little dividends right now and this is why the us government's tax you know you just go as you go you know you do it as you go <laughs> stupid <laughs> so stupid all right the second thing is prioritize okay cuz here's here's something that is essential to know is that there is always more work you wish could be done than you will be able to do right there is always more to be done than you will be able to do and this is why learning to prioritize to define and decide on what is important and what is not right now, that is like, that is, on. That if there's one thing that an entrepreneur, well, there's, if there's two things an entrepreneur is, that's one of them. If an entrepreneurship is on two skis, one of them is like things, like knowing what value is and how to make stuff that people actually want and how to get something out there that there's actually an appetite for or a yeah. hunger for. The other one is, is constantly, you're constantly going to be doing that work amidst not having enough resources to do it all right so prioritizing and knowing what's
2: important it's the old ideas versus execution
1: executing on that idea is what will make this thing a reality so Steph in this sense looking back I hear in this you're like I love this I love this moment by the way this basement moment this this decision you're upstairs your last day in Chicago and you're like okay I can go downstairs and throw together an episode by by the way, my, my my wife publishes her podcast every Monday as well, right? And I see her on you know Friday or Saturday or Sunday, just getting a little frantic, loading mm-hmm. up the buffer queue. You know what I mean? Doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. You girls are so hard on yourself on social media. Like you really you really keep it going. But I see that sort of stress and strain every every you know Sunday myself. And so I love that moment that you called out, stuff where it's like, okay, I can go into the basement, I can go out down underground, <laughs> covered, covered in dirt, right, into the dark, damp coldness, and throw together an episode that'll just be like, it's eh, not my best work. Or mm-hmm. I can enjoy, I can stay, I can go above ground, and I can enjoy the last day in Chicago with my husband and my daughter, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I love this. I feel like this is an invitation that's offered to a lot of us, because if you can't start feeling it now, you won't start feeling it then. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So this idea of prioritizing any advice that you you have for people, because I'm imagining you could look back back then and go like, all right, here's 15 things on my to do list. I get to do three. What are the three most important? That's what prioritizing really is, is like or I like what's the very next one? Like who knows how long this will take? What's the very next one? I'll try to do it as quick as I can, but it needs to be good. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Steph, when you look back on that, what Could you have or like, what do you wish you would have known or done about prioritization? Do you have any advice for people who are have too much on their plate right now? What what comes to mind for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you're definitely onto something with this. I think it's about looking at your, you know, maybe even making like a big exhaustive list of everything you do in your business on a weekly basis, and looking at that list and saying, okay, if let's say let's say I really feel like I I need a week off here to decompress and just tend to the bomb that's going off in my personal life, how can I? and, And when I talk about you know taking this break it doesn't necessarily mean that like the lights don't need to stay on in your business. So that's what I would have loved to do do differently is to look at what I've got and say, what are like the three essential operations that I do and how can I potentially get ahead of it to the point where it's not a big deal for me to take that time. Now, there are going to be other situations where like stuff happens kind of like without, you know, unexpected. You get sideswiped with something crazy on a Tuesday afternoon that changes your life and you have to go tend to it. I think that's something different. But in terms of forecasting and being able to see like, I have a kind of crazy season coming up. Maybe I can, instead of planning to power through, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, trying to maintain this illusion that it's business as usual, what if I could look at, what are the essential things in my business, the three things that I really can't, let drop. And maybe I can spend a little bit of time each week leading up to that to allow those things to still go off and then let the rest of it wait until the next week. Because like I said, with my experience of taking that one week off with the podcast, it wasn't the end of the world. And in fact, people seem to really like enjoy the fact that I I did that and shared it. I had people saying that they felt like the fact that I gave myself permission to do that gave them permission to, to do the same thing. So people will get it more than you think. But to your point, if you if you are able to forecast needing this break, I think it's awesome to look at your essential essential tasks in your business and see if you can't get ahead of it enough to at least keep that stuff going so that you can fully step away and not worry so much about it.
1: Oh, I love that. That's so good. All right. And then point three here is, remember again, point one is find your balance. Learn to tell if there's too much on your plate. You're looking at your energy levels. You're looking at your calendar to tell. Like, oh my gosh! You're normally your normally your emotional your emotional temperature barometer will just give you a little sense. Like, oh my god! It looks like dread most of the time for most of us. Then number two is prioritize. There's always more work that that you wish you could do, but then you can get done. Let me. How do I say Mm -hmm. that better? There's always more work than can be done right? So Mm -hmm. pick what matters most. And Steph's saying, I love this point, Steph, that like, hey, what if taking a break isn't closing down your business for a week? What if it's just committing yourself to only doing the two three or three most essential tasks and letting everything else else go for one week right that's a that's a really interesting idea i love that idea of like of like a working vacation Mm -hmm. you know what i mean where it's like it's really like you okay we have to have a podcast and a blog this week but that's Mm -hmm. it other than that everything's done right right that's pretty cool okay then the third thing here is Plan in structured breaks. Okay. And I, I to me this is the sense of like keeping the flow consistent, this idea of like energy flow where you like you kind of bring yourself to your work with a little bit of optimism, a little bit of excitement and inspiration. So Steph, what are these like structured breaks? And could you have put one in?
0: I think that the reason this is so important, and I really hope people are listening to this part because this is like the giant asterisk that's next to this whole episode, which is that mm. I don't think any of us are advising, hey, if you need a break, like you go ahead and take it because there is danger in that. As I think Corbett kind of alluded to a little bit, we don't want to get to the point where we're, you know, you take a break, it's indefinite, and then you're kind of like, you know, you get far enough away from your projects that you're like, was I even any good anyway? Like, would anybody even care if I came back? Those types of thoughts sneak in and that's how people fizzle out, I have observed. So mm-hmm. I think that you have to take like a fizzle out proof break where you have a plan to get back on the horse, get back on your your calendar so that you don't let it turn into this kind of like indefinite, um, just, you know, disappearing. And then you have no motivation To come back to it. So that to me is the, like, this is not just a recommendation. This is like absolutely mandatory for this episode is there has to be some structure around it because you're at risk for giving up completely. And I don't want to see people, um, you know, going down that road. That's not the point either. So I think the idea of a structured break is saying to yourself, okay, here's what I've got going on in my life. I'm going to take, you know, these, these number of days right here. And then it's having a game plan for coming back. So in my case, when I took that week off of courage and clarity, it was kind of like a working break. Like you mentioned, I was still doing a lot of other stuff for fizzle stuff, but I just took that break from courage and clarity, which is, you know, kind of a more like creative pursuit that takes more of that creative energy that I just didn't have. What was really key to that was saying to myself, you know what, going to allow myself this. And then on Monday, I'm right back at it. And my energy was completely different as I came to publish for that next week. So it's just having a game plan of I'm going to do this, but then I know what comes after this.
1: Mm, I love that. Um, So this gets to our final point and something that I think is really important. Corbett, maybe you could speak to this. Sometimes when we take a break from our business, we come back with even more sort of, I don't know, I wanna say inspiration, mm-hmm. even though that's such a soft word. But you're like, you're the, you're the, the hard guy here, right? You're the like, just do what matters. Just, why don't you just see what's, ma- don't you see that this is what matters? Let's just do that. That's the thing that matters. Speak for just at the very end here about what taking time off of work has meant to your productivity.
2: It just happened last week. Mm. We went to Tahoe for, like, four days. Yep. And we, my wife and I, because we moved back to Portland and we have such gorgeous summers here in the mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest, we kind of decided we're not going to travel this summer. Yeah. So we went somewhere last May. Yeah. And then we didn't leave town, aside from, like, little side trips right around here. We didn't leave the the state or the area for, like, four or five months. And you kind of, I just kind of get into this m- this mode where, I'm working, but it just kind of starts to feel repetitive, yeah. you know? Mm. The inspiration's not there, and you're grinding it out, and you're not you're not seeing the forest for the trees anymore, yeah. you know? Yeah. And even just taking those four days off and completely disconnecting from work, not worrying about anything for work, and going somewhere else, I came back completely refreshed. I did this whole thing where I uh, rebuilt the way that I'm doing my weekly planning, mm. You know, I just felt like it was a clean slate and it was like time to get back in the saddle and, and, see things fresh. And it's all just because of like recharging my batteries for four days, which is the stupidest thing when you re- when you think to yourself, like, why don't I do this every month or every two months or whatever, because you really do get back more than you put into those four days, whatever time you feel like you're losing from work by taking a week off. If it's at the end of three or four or five or six months or a year of not taking vacation, if you go and take vacation, trust me, by that point your batteries are so low yeah. that you're optim- you're you're working at like twenty percent capacity or yep. something. Yep. Yeah, and then you come back and you get all of that time back in just the few, first few weeks that you're back at work because you're able to get so much more done.
1: Yeah, this is such a big point, and so I'm glad that uh, old Daddy Warbucks over here brought it home because. It doesn't matter, uh, how energetic or hustle oriented you are if you don't have the vision, right? If you cannot see clearly, all of the action that you're taking is going to be just move, just like frantic motion, right? These things need to work together, both the action and the clarity, right? And sometimes we have to take action to get to clarity. And sometimes we have to take a break from that action to go get back into the things that make us human, the things that make us alive, our family, our relationships, our our hobbies, or whatever it is that turns you on that feels like I shouldn't be allowed to do this, but I'm going to go do it. Mm -hmm. For me, it's daiquiris. I just love daiquiris. (laughs) Just lots of daiquiris. Um, I'm a daiquiri guy. What can I say? (laughs) I'm a daddy with a daiquiri. (laughs) Okay. But whatever it is for you, that's where you have to make breaks for. Because that's what brings you back to taking action in a way that gives you actual direction and vision, right? So, Steph, anything you want to say to close us out here?
0: No, I just, you know, if, if I hope that this resonates with people who need it. If you are feeling this way right now, especially, but if you don't feel this way right now, it's going to come and it's going to happen to you eventually, just because that's life. And uh, don't panic and you'll be okay. (laughs) Don't power through. Hopefully some of the tips we talked about help.
1: Oh man, I love it. Barr. thanks for being on the show, brother. Thank you for hosting the show. You guys don't know this, but it's Corbett Barr's birthday at the time of recording. Happy birthday! if you you want, send him a little birthday love on Twitter or Facebook. Steph, thank you so much for being so candid and awesome.
0: Thanks, Chase.
1: Hey, this was fun having a conversation again after doing a few interviews. Yeah. This is good. I've got a few more interviews I want to do. I'm loving the interviews. If you guys are liking the interviews, check us out and say, say hi on Twitter or Facebook. Just say, oh, I like this. I like this. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to The Fizzle Show. Thank you so much for being here. If you need show notes for this episode, this is episode 236. So I'll have some notes and links for all the things we mentioned, including that Women Aren't Nags article, mandatory at fizzleshow.co slash two. Fizzleshow.co slash 236. Here's an iTunes review from Fantastic Information. (laughs) That's the iTunes name. Fantastic Information. Who says, Love, not sure why I didn't know you existed for the last four years, but I'm so glad I found you. In my first week of binge listening to make up for the last couple of years, you've already helped me put together the missing pieces of my business puzzle. This is so great. I love this. If you haven't yet, uh, leave us an iTunes review. We'd love, we'd love to hear your voice. We hear them from all over the world. And finally, you know, I have to pull in another quote from Liz Gilbert here. Mm. Hashtag blessed, right? She says, you have to participate relentlessly in the manifestation of your own blessings. You have to participate relentlessly in the manifestation of your own blessings. Hashtag blessed, y'all. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show.